Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Well, today I'm going to be talking about encouragement and prayer, encouragement and prayer. And I need some encouragement at the start of this year. And, uh, and I think, man, there's never been a year that I've wanted to start so bad, but it hasn't started yet. Um, it, it's kind of feeling like I'm wanting to just get started, but then there's isolation or then there's this. And so, and so it sort of feels like we haven't yet got going. But I think today what I want to share into is spiritually speaking with our walk with God is that we would, we would start moving forward. And that we'd, all right, I'm not, I'm not stuck anymore, but I'm, I'm moving forwards. And I love this. Um, in the United States, they celebrated the birthday of um, the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and, and had a, a national um, public holiday. And, uh, and so there was a lot in the media around him. And I love this quote, one quote that I saw. It says, if you can't fly, then run. And if you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. It's a good word. For anyone who just feels like you're crawling right now, just you're still, you're still doing it. But whatever you do, you just have to keep moving forward. And I think, man, that is good. Let's not um, wish that we were some going better than we were. But however we're going, let's be moving forward. And, uh, and that's kind of the heartbeat and uh, the essence of, of what I want to get to today. As we're talking about encouragement and we're talking about prayer uh, as a part of this series, which has been so relevant to where we're at. And uh, I've been needing uh, the words that have been ministering to me every week. But we're talking about prayer. I, in my family, both my mother and both uh, my grand, grandparents, uh, the ladies on both sides of my families were absolute prayer warriors. And uh, have you had a, someone in your family like that? I know there's a lot of people in our church uh, who, are, who are prayer warriors. And uh, sometimes I, I'm, I don't consider myself so much of a prayer warrior as a prayer wanderer. Um, I kind of, in my prayers, sometimes easily distracted. I feel like I'm like one of those toddlers who needs a, a leash at the shopping centre to keep me from running onto the road. It's just like my prayers go this way, my thoughts go this way. I'm so easily distracted. Somebody, you're with me? So... But I, I just, I'm so thankful that, that God just loves it when we pray. And, and my encouragement is, is for us to get into prayer this year. And there's, there's a stirring within me that in, in the disruption, or for many of us, there's actually extra time in our week. Have you ever thought about that? Is that as we're isolating or as we're keeping a lower profile, that actually opens up space in our calendar. And I think God would say, hey, would you use that for good? Would you use that for spiritual growth? And, uh, and one way we can do that is deepen our prayer. And so uh, that's my encouragement to us. And so we can, we can sometimes have different modes of prayer. There's the, there's the faith-filled prayer, you know, that I, I love that. And sometimes you're feeling, I'm like, I'm so confident in what God's gonna do. And you're saying, I'm praying for this in Jesus' name. And, uh, and you're just praying with absolute faith-filledness. There's the faith-filled prayers, but then there's also the, 
what I like to call the, the flare prayers, where you're just like, help! <laughs> where there's just very little faith, there's more desperation. And, and, but I wanna, I wanna encourage us that, that those prayers matter to Jesus. And, and that how, whether we're coming with, with such great faith or whether we're coming with a limited amount of faith, that's enough just to place our hope in Him and to know to go to the right place is what we need to do. And sometimes I think that we get so caught up in needing, thinking we need to, in, in the how we come to Jesus, in the focus in, oh man, I've got to have it together. I've got to have a certain level of faith before I even come to Him in prayer. We worry so much about the how that we forget that more important than the how is just the, the that I will come to Him in prayer. And, and we see this in the story that we're getting into today, the story of Jairus, where he comes with a desperate need about his dying daughter. And we follow it across the three movements where he, where he comes, where he approaches Jesus and he brings him the need. And then in the middle of the story, we see, we see the moment of delay where, where it's not going the way he thought it would go. And there's a discouragement factor. Uh, and, and we'll be speaking into that today. And before the final um, stage and the final piece was where God comes through with power. And I think we need to approach all of those three areas. And, and we, let's, let's open the story together in Mark chapter five as we meet this man called Jairus from verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd followed and gathered around him while he was there. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. It's less important how we come to him and more important that we come to him. And I think sometimes we, we can allow certain things to block us from carrying things to Jesus in prayer. And for Jairus, just a little bit of his backstory is that, um, as I mentioned in the text, that he was a synagogue leader uh, in, the, in the small town or the small city of Capernaum. And this was probably about 1,500 people. So often I read these stories and I think of this big city, but it wasn't, it was relatively small. And the synagogue was, was the most prominent building uh, center point of the town, but still it wasn't, um, it wasn't as big as the, the temple, as if you've seen pictures of that. There was maybe a couple of people working under him um, as he was kind of the, the director of the synagogue, the superintendent, um, that he would take care of the affairs. And so he was probably also a Pharisee. And, and so it's important to get that backstory before we see how Jesus uh, treats him because we know about the Pharisees that they, that, they had, that they saw Jesus as cutting across their agenda. They saw him as a problem um, rather than a, a good thing because he was talking about the kingdom of God, almost an, an alternate kingdom and an alternate way which clashed against some of the, the ways, the religious practices and, and their convictions about what it meant to live faithfully for God. And so here we see, we get a picture of the kind of barriers that Jairus needed to have break, broken through in order to even consider coming to Jesus. So for him, probably in his position, it was most, probably he was trying to be best off avoiding Jesus at best, if not preaching against him.
And so we see that he has humbled himself. He's dealt with his skepticism. He's dealt with his unbelief. And he's coming probably with a whole lot of unknowns. We don't see this massive believer and, and, and faith-filledness. We see more so a desperation as it says that he comes to him, falls at his feet and pleads earnestly with him. We see that his daughter is in the final stages of life. And this is almost like the flare prayer of a last resort. He's coming to this Jesus. But what I want to say is this, is that it is always a good time to come to Jesus with your need. It is always a good time to come to Jesus with you. Whether you're a mess, it is good to come to Jesus. Whether you are confused, whether you're full of doubt, whether you're here or watching and you're a skeptic, then it is great. You can come to Jesus with that. And I think we need to hear that encouragement is because, you know, I love just the thought of removing those barriers in terms of coming to Jesus. And in our Alpha series that we did earlier last year, um, there was someone sharing on prayer and, and the instruction of prayer was to, was to keep it simple and keep it going. And, and the, the bit that I took away that I applied to my prayer life was, was to just tell, first thing you pray is just share Jesus with how you're feeling. And sometimes I feel like we, we think we can't share our honest feelings with Jesus and we've got to almost G ourselves up and get to the right place. But now, after that instruction, I'm just like, I'll come to Jesus like this all the time. And you don't judge me, all right? I come and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm just, I'm so flat. I feel so flat right now. And then, and that's the start of my prayer. There's nothing faithful, faithy about it. Or, oh, Jesus, I just, I don't know what to do right now. Or I'm so frustrated. I'm so annoyed right now. I'm so whatever. And, and I just, I start with that and I've started to learn that it's, it's not so important how I come to Him, it's that I come to Him. And that's what He's calling us to. And that when we can do that, things will happen in our life, as we're going to see in the story. You know, we see uh, all through the Bible about those instructions to pray. Psalm 55, what does it say to do? It says, cast your burdens unto Jesus, because He cares for you. And so there's, there's the sense of like, oh, you've got a burden. You're carrying a burden. You, you haven't got rid of the burden, then you're coming to him. You're carrying it to him. And actually what I love about that word, and, it, and it's the same word that says, talks about in the New Testament about carrying each other's burdens. It's not a sense of someone carrying the burden and then drudging it, uh, carrying it around for the rest of the life. Actually, in the original language, the connotation is that someone who takes it and then puts it down. And so when we carry each other's burdens, we're actually, we're not taking it on and, and, and letting it cripple us. We're actually being like a lightning rod and we're taking that on and then we're putting it somewhere else. We're taking it off us. And Jesus wants to do that with us as well. He wants to carry our burdens. One, uh, one of my close friends, uh, we catch up with every so often, who I grew up with, well, something stuck up, stood out to me that he did one time is that we'd catch up socially, we'd, we'd go out for lunch and we wouldn't necessarily be talking about anything spiritual but then he'd always finish our catch-ups with the question, hey Sam, how can I be praying for you this week? How can I be praying for you this week? And I'm like, it always, it always stood out to me. I'm like, man, he, he really cares about me. That is so good. And I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we were people in 2020 who... Wherever we can, we ask to pray for people. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because we know the power of prayer and as much as we can, we're asking for prayer. We're asking people, hey, how can I pray for you? Whatever situation is going, hey, how I can pray for you. And um, I'm talking with a, a lady at 
one of our, at our life groups uh, study year launched in the weekend, she was just sharing about a story of a, a, an impossible situation. You know, I, there is something going on with someone in my family and I can, there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is pray. Well, if all you've got is prayer, then you've got something. And you've got God who, who wants to answer prayers and work in, let's be people who ask for prayer and offer to pray as much as we can. Do not pray, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And so we see that Jairus has adopted this, this humble faith of not believing for great things, but coming to the right place with his need. It's always the right time to bring our need to Jesus. Oh, no. what, what need do you need to bring to Jesus today? We'll have an opportunity, there'll be an opportunity to open the front and pray and just have people stand with you. Maybe you don't have the faith, but someone else will stand with you in faith believing that God cares about your need. And we see this, we see that notion of a, an unapproachable, distant, busy Jesus in this story. As after we see Jairus comes to him, we see in verse 24 what he did. When he brought this need to him, it just simply said that Jesus went with him. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't Jesus so approachable that it, it, he, he responded so simply to his need? So that was the, the asking and the seeking and, and having the faith to trust Jesus. And then there was the middle section of the story where we look at what happens next. And just to paraphrase, the next part of the story is as they leave that part of Capernaum and they start to walk through the streets. And, and often I view this story as this massive long journey, but in reality, from where Jesus was at this point to Jairus' house would have been a relatively short distance through the streets. But somehow along the way, as the crowds were following, we pick up the story of the woman with the issue of blood. This amazing story of, I guess, someone who's almost like the opposite kind of person to Jairus in his religious leadership role. We have an unclean woman in terms of the Jewish customs who, who comes and touches the, just touches the hem uh, or the cord of Jesus's garment and she's healed. And, and we know the story of who touched me? In the, and it's like, what do you mean? You're surrounded by a crowd of people. But Jesus knew that there was somehow mysteriously there was something going on the lady was healed and here in the story we see we imagine how Jairus is feeling we imagine where Jairus is at and it doesn't tell us exactly those details but you can imagine it's kind of a mixture of emotions that on one hand there might be some sort of a ignition of encouragement of hey this Jesus who I brought my need to there is power there and that he has he has had front row tickets to seeing what Jesus has done and you can imagine the effect that that's had on him you think my daughter's sick may, I think maybe Jesus can do this thing that I brought to him and as I was reflecting on this passage and I'm like, man, I need to be around people and I need to be around spaces and places where I can experience for myself what God is doing. Because there's something about seeing God come through for somebody, something about having an answer to prayer, there's something about seeing God supernaturally intervene that brings you alive, brings your faith alive. And that's why there's every encouragement like, come along. As, as best you can, come along on a Sunday, meet in small groups, be careful and do all that stuff, but like, let's meet together. Yeah. And because let's get in those spaces and places that are actually going to fill us with encouragement 
And, and I, I want to have front row seats because I need that kind of encouragement in my life. So on one hand, we, have, we probably have that encouragement of his faith and that his, we see his faith growing through the process. But on the other hand, you probably have the sense of the dire situation of his daughter is playing on his mind and he's thinking, this is great, but Jesus, come on. This is, this, is, this is not going how I'd plan it to go. We need to go. And there's that frustration of, Jesus, why don't you do what I've asked you to do? Have you ever, have you ever been in that position of praying something, hoping something, having some expectations of, God, I know that you do things in your own timing, but would you just hurry up? I'm dying over here. And, and there's those situations and tensions where we're just praying for years sometimes. We're believing for years. And, and that can be so discouraging. That can be so annoying. And it can, and it can create um, discouragement in our lives. And yet the encouragement that we've heard before and the encouragement for us today, if you're in that position today, sometimes we just need to hear that the, his delays are not his denials. That maybe there's something you feel like God is taking a long time to do, but God knows, God knows the need. He is walking with you. Just as Jesus was walking with Jairus, He is walking with you. And if you have presented the need to Him, He knows your need. And that He is working in His timing, be encouraged. So He continues to walk with Jesus with that mixture, probably the mixture of emotions. And then we pick up the story in verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people, we don't know, probably friends or family members of his household, of Jairus, the synagogue leader, they came to him and they said, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Why? Have you ever been dealt a blow that's really crushed your spirit? Have you ever battled with doubt and discouragement. We can see that in the story that he receives this negative report that in the natural and what's in, in the reality of what's taking place, it seems like the, the situation has gone from bad to worse. And so I love the Bible because it presents the reality that sometimes in our life, things get worse before they get better. But in those moments, it's so important that we know how to handle our discouragement and uh, on my at my family home as a teenager my mum posted all these like encouragements and bible verses and and one of the things that I remember reading is it's saying this that discouragement is one of the enemy's greatest weapons most effective weapons that discouragement more than nearly anything else has a power to stop us in our tracks, the power uh, and gives us the temptations to turn around when God is calling us to go forward and to stop believing for the things that we once asked him for. Fur? Fur? Vietnamese fur? Anybody? Um, there's a, a beautiful quote by Elizabeth Elliot that, that goes something along the lines of don't pull up in doubt what you planted in faith. And some of us, we need to hear that today. There's some things that you're waiting on. There's some things that you're believing for that it's not time to pull up because it hasn't happened yet. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that God is not gonna do something in your situation. 
And the title of my message today is Be Encouraged. That's what we're talking about today. Be encouraged. Everyone say it together. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. And I love what Pastor Cass shared last week, that picture of lifting, lift up the shield of faith again. That's what we're talking about. Lift up the shield of faith again. And, and as, as you may have heard before, that in ancient times, that there were times in warfare where they would put pitch, tar, flammable material on the ends, on the tip of the arrows. And that part of the, the strategy was, was to shoot those flaming arrows and that, yes, even when there's the shields being held up, that it would catch fire and that that would cause destruction and harm within itself and cause the shield to be put down and rendered useless. And so what they would often do, apparently, is that they, the, the shield's made of wood and that they would soak the wood and soak the shields and saturate it with water so that even if the arrows, the flaming arrows came, that they would be extinguished. And that's why we see in that passage where it talks about the, the fiery lifted up to deal with the fiery arrows, those, those, those discouraging thoughts, those, those little words from the enemy that would cause you to stop you in your tracks. That not only do we need to lift that shield of faith, but we need to saturate that shield of encouragement. That we need to be full of encouragement so that when those discouraging things come, that they, those things can be easily, easily extinguished. Isn't that good? So we need to get in those spaces and places and be around the people who are going to encourage us. I wonder who, who is an encouraging person around you? Who do you need to spend time with? Who, who is someone who has their feet firmly planted on the ground and they don't deny reality, but they also have their belief and their eyes to heaven? That they can see, hey, this is what you're going through right now, but this is what God can do. And so, so often we can see the reality of things and get discouraged, but we need, we need ourselves, but also have people around us and be those kind of people who say, yes, this is how it is, but Jesus is with you. I don't know exactly how it's going to go because there hasn't been a word from the Lord for me to have 100% confidence in, but I am confident in the fact that God is a God of the impossible. And that as long as Jesus is present and we know that He is alive, so He can do something. Be encouraged. I love the scripture which talks into this um, in Hebrews 10. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some as in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. That word encouragement or encouraging is sometimes we can misinterpret that through our own modern lens as like a, a pat on the back of like, hey, you're awesome. It's like, it's like when some of the girl, young girls I see posting selfies on, on Instagram. I know this is gonna go over many of your heads, but I'm gonna share it anyway. It's like sending selfies and then all their girlfriends jump on and say, oh girl, you, are, you look fine. You look hot and love heart emoji eyes. And, and we can think that Sometimes we can limit encouragement into that kind of affirmation space. But the word actually that we find in the New Testament for encouragement is a much stronger word. 
which is parakaleo in my Aussie slang. Parakaleo, which is similar to the paraclete, which is what the name of the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. But para is to come alongside and kaleo means to call out or to call on. And so there's a sense of, yes, there's a comforting aspect of it in terms of the coming beside, but the other aspect of it is more of an exhortation, a motivation, and a preaching element to what encouragement is. To give courage or to preach, to come alongside somebody who's feeling discouraged and to preach a little bit and say, hey, you may not think this is possible, but with God, all is possible. And to give a bit of preaching, a bit of exhortation, a bit more of a... the. the uh, not a pat on the back, but a bit of personal training. That sense of motivating and say, hey, pointing people to Jesus. We need to be people who encourage one another, particularly at this time. How can you encourage somebody this week? And so we see Jairus in this point of, am I going to allow the reality of this news to get me to give up? Or am I going to keep walking with Jesus and I think all the the big difference came in what Jesus said after hearing the news that your daughter is dead in verse 36 Jesus says overhearing what they said Jesus told them don't be afraid just believe man there's time we need to hear God's encouragement in our life some of us need to hear that don't be afraid in 2022 in what you're facing this year with your job, with your finance, with your family, with your personal issues and dysfunctions, don't be afraid, just believe that Jesus is with you and as long as He is with you, something can happen. Do not, do not look at the reality of your situation and let go of God when God is the only one who can actually make a difference. Let's not turn around Let's keep believing that God is going to do something even if the situation is pointing in another direction. The reality is with Jesus, nothing is impossible. And so we see him listen to the words of Jesus and this has been the thing that, the assurance that he needed that if Jesus is still here, I'm doubting, but Jesus, there's a confidence in Jesus that he's wanting to do something in this situation. And so we follow the story in the final segment of the story. We know how it goes, that he continues to walk with Jesus and to trust in Jesus. In verse 37, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John. And when they came to the home of Jairus, they saw a commotion, people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, while this commotion and wailing, the child is not dead, but asleep. And this was... They weren't doing anything wrong. This was a normal proceeding in terms of uh, there, were, there were flutes and there were hired people who would come and start, prime the pump of the grieving process. That was a, a regular part of the custom. Um, and when Jesus said, they, said that, they laughed at him. But after this, and I love this, he put them all out. There's a sense of like a forceful glider. Get out, get out. He put them out and he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were there. And not like our homes today where it was large and spacious, it was probably a smaller home, so they probably couldn't fit many people in there anyway. But he took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. As they saw this, they were completely astonished. Wow. And notice how much effort it took Jesus to do the miracle. He took her by the hand and he spoke a word. 
Jesus is powerful. Jesus is remarkable. And that in no stage throughout the story did Jairus even think that that was possible. And yet he trusted that if Jesus is in the room, he can do something that I don't even know is possible. And you have to think right back to the start and think right back here when, when Jairus was, he found out his daughter was sick and he was wrestling, should I go to Jesus or not? Should I approach him with my need? Should I take it to him and ask for help? Man, I bet he was glad. Man, Jairus, I bet he was glad that he came to Jesus. I bet that I made that decision to bring my need to Jesus because if I hadn't, that wouldn't have happened. And man, I'm glad that when the report came that she is dead and that it seems so final, I'm so, he was so glad that he didn't send Jesus away, but he said, now more than ever, I need you, Jesus, to come. What need do you, bring, do you need to bring to Jesus today? How do you need to come to Him? Believing in a mixture of fear and a mixture of faith, what do you need to bring to Him today? Maybe you're in this situation as well where you're, you're on the journey, you're in the middle of the journey and there's deep discouragement. You need that encouragement today to say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Would you bring me some encouragement? We're gonna have an opportunity to pray today and we believe in that God's gonna make a difference in your life. I'm gonna ask the band to come and join me on stage as we close. You know, Jairus had the faith to trust in Jesus for something that he'd never seen. But for many of us, we've actually seen God do things in our life. And today I wanna to encourage you as, as we've been talking about faith, as we've been talking about prayer, as we've been talking about encouraging ourselves and others to go on the process of actually thinking back to all the times that God has answered one of your prayers. You know, just this week, I was praying for something. There was, there was a difficulty that I was facing internally and just praying, praying about it. It took me a couple of days to get to the point of prayer, but then I prayed about it. And you know, the day after that, a friend of mine called me up and he didn't, I, I shared a bit about what was going on. But then I had a sense of, as he was talking and sharing wisdom and encouragement, that this conversation is an answer to my prayer that God heard my prayer and He's brought an answer in the way of a friend who said exactly the right thing. And I'm like, man, God, you were so good. God, you were so good. What about the times that He's done that for you where God has answered your prayer, when He's given you what you need? Um, last week, I had one of our um, dear ladies come down for prayer and, and just had a, a sickness, or had a, had a, a healing need in her body, had, had a, a significant pain issue. And just came and said, would you pray for me? I said, yeah, let, let's pray. And, and we just, I prayed once and uh, it was just an ordinary prayer and just prayed once and, and did the thing, check, hey, hey can you, have you noticed any difference? And, and, and she, she really encouraged me. She said, no. <laughs> and then I said, well, that's okay. Do you wanna, do you wanna pray? Do you, would you like me to pray again? Because we know, we know that God can do it. Just because He hasn't done it doesn't mean that He won't do it. And so we, we prayed again. And, and same thing, has anything, has anything changed? Is there any difference? And she said, oh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. And I'm like, well, that's something. Praise God, that's something. Would you like, should we pray again? And we prayed again. And it wasn't one of those stories, you're know, like thinking, Sam, I hope this is gonna be amazing and a complete healing. It's not a story like that. Because I wanna encourage us that sometimes it doesn't go to plan. 
And but we prayed, and what I loved her response is actually why I wanted to share the story because as we talked, she actually said, you know. I said, thanks for coming down for prayer. That's so good. It's a pleasure to be able to pray with you. And we're praying that God will heal you. And she said, you know what? God has healed me so many times before. And she just said, God has healed me before. So she was able to come down again for prayer and believe for God to do it again because God had already done it for her. And that as she was reflecting on, God, you've done it before, you can do it again. And so that prompted faith and encouragement for her to move forward into what God had for her in the future. And I believe that God wants us to do that again. To not be hesitant, not be restricted or not to turn back and not be stuck in unbelief and hesitancy, but to take Jesus' words to Jairus, to meet Him in that point and to say, do not fear, but believe, but believe. What are you believing for today? Why don't we stand together as we seek to respond to what God wants to do that that there is answers to prayer here today, that there is encouragement for you today. And just like Jairus, it doesn't take a prayer warrior, it doesn't take a faith-filled Pentecostal preacher faith, kind of faith to, to get close to God. He's just saying, hey, I'm approachable. Would you bring your need to me? And when you bring your need to me, just as in this story today, that I, I am the one, not your faith, but I am the one who is powerful enough to be able to handle your situation. Nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing.